is a reading from Luke chapter 3, beginning at verse 7 to verse 13. Luke chapter 3. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe has been laid to the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has two should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should you do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the child with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod, the Tetrarch, because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. Well, thank you, Dave, for your welcome. It's great to be at St. Peter's. I agree that there's a lovely warmth at St. Peter's, and we always enjoy being with you. Let's just begin with a prayer. God, our Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would rest upon us now, that your word may be a living message to our hearts through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So my theme this morning is Get Ready, the Messiah is Coming. It's a real Advent theme. And this reading is the reading that's set for today in the Common Lectionary, um, the third Sunday in Advent. So David Attenborough spoke a prophetic warning to world leaders at the United Nations Summit on Climate Change two weeks ago. Right now we are facing a man-made disaster of global scale. Our greatest threat in thousands of years, climate change. If we don't take action, the collapse of our civilizations and the extinction of much of the natural world is on the horizon. It's quite a warning, isn't it? There's so much in our world that needs straightening out. There's terrorism, famine, war, and all kinds of bitterness. And of course, we all know people just on our own level, who are unhappy, unemployed, or simply unloved. 
Advent is the season that we, when we remember that God has come into our world to save us and to save our world. And the theme of Luke's Gospel is Jesus, the Saviour of the world. We're also looking forward to the return of Christ, when our salvation will be complete and the salvation of the world will be complete. So let's think for a moment about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a prophet who warned his people with stirring talk that God was coming to them. He went down into the Jordan Valley, the lowest point on earth, it's actually below sea level, because that was where his people had met God when they were on the verge of crossing over into the Promised Land. He believed that God's people were on the verge of something new, something even bigger. And huge crowds went out to hear John from the surrounding countryside and from Jerusalem itself. And the reason was that the Jewish people were oppressed in their own land. A Roman governor had been installed in Caesarea on the Mediterranean coast, and he also had a base in Jerusalem. Anyone know what his name was? The Roman governor? Pontius Pilate. Now, Pilate had full control of the province. He also appointed the high priests in the temple, and he controlled the temple funds. Now just imagine that, a Roman governor controlling the temple um, and controlling the appointment of the priests. Just think the in, of the, the influence of that on the Jewish people and how they felt about that. I mean, they didn't have control of their own temple. Devout Jews longed for a new word from God. Many believed that prophecy had died out and might one day be renewed. Many believed that a movement would begin through which God would renew the old age, the, the long sorry, the, the age-old covenant, bringing Israel out of slavery to freedom once again. When John, a fiery young prophet, appeared in the Judean wilderness, telling his people that the time had come, they were ready to listen to him. And of course, people flocked to hear John from the surrounding countryside and from Jerusalem itself. And John's agenda was a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Verse 3 of the chapter. He went into the, all the country around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You know, Advent is about a season of repentance. It's a season of repentance when we prepare for the coming of the Lord. Now the people were not in good shape. Baptism was normally a ceremony which the Gentiles would go through if they wanted to become Jews. But now John was calling the Jews to be baptized. Everyone in the crowd needed to face their own moral predicament. And the way in which we prepare for the coming of God to us in Jesus is through repentance. God is a holy God. Remember when Isaiah went into the temple, Isaiah chapter 6, and he is aware of the holiness of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah says, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And aren't we aware of that today in our country and in our world? 
I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. We need to repent of the ways in which we are polluting God's world, filling the seas and the rivers with plastic and the atmosphere with carbon emissions. Are you all recycling? Are you? I hope you are. Are you serious about it? I mean, I'm just amazed at how much plastic there is that we have in our homes. We need to repent of our self-centered lifestyles, our corruption and greed in society and in the world. We need to repent of our own lack of caring for others. You know, we get absorbed in the consumer culture which surrounds us, and we're just concerned with getting um, and receiving what we can. You know, it's important for us to recognize that the kingdom of God is far broader than the church. Just as God used Cyrus, the king of Persia, to make it possible for the Jews to return from Babylon to the promised land, so God uses people like David Attenborough as prophets in our modern world. And you know, God does speak to us through people in the modern world. I wonder if you've realized that. I wonder if your ears are open. God speaks to us through Proven Gordon, Gordon as he stands for justice and peace. God spoke to us through Tuli Madansela, who really claims to be a Christian and stood for justice very courageously. I've been reading books by Jonathan Sachs, the chief rabbi of London, and I really recommend that you listen to him on YouTube. Um, but he's written about, uh, one of his books is Not in God's Name, where he calls Jews, Christians, and Muslim people to stand against religious extremism and violence. You know, he really is a prophet. Um, and it's interesting how he gets together with Christian people and Muslims to, to study their different scriptures. And uh, I know that one of my great favorites, um, Tom Wright, um, and, and Jonathan Sachs are great friends. And they study together. They reflect together. Isn't that encouraging? that Christians and Jews are meeting together to study the scriptures. So what must we do as we open our ears to prophets around us? John the Baptist was a fiery character. He called the crowd a brood of vipers. Now imagine if Dave came here every Sunday and called you a brood of snakes. I think yes. you... <laughs> Would you all come back the next week? <laughs> you wouldn't. But you see, the Jewish people who were coming out to him thought that they were all fine. I mean, after all, they were sons and daughters of Abraham. So they didn't have to do too much. They must just wait until God came and rescued them. But John says, no, you call to repentance. You call to turn away from evil, to do justice, and to live righteous lives. If people were coming for baptism... They were committing themselves to be God's Israel, to be a light for the world, people in whom God's justice could be seen by all. So what they needed was rules of thumb. Two shirts, two coats, give away one. Too much food, well, share it with those around you. You know, we've all got too much, haven't we? Can we give away? We can. And as we share what we have, we are demonstrating the values of the kingdom of God. John could see the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. A start had to be made to get things back on track. That's true for us too. 
live out the justice of the kingdom. And the special cases are very interesting. Verse 12, tax collectors also came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. You see, no one likes paying taxes, do they? But some of the taxes being levied were by local officials who shamelessly were lining their own pockets, giving the tax collectors themselves the tacit license to do the same. Now John's words would have been very relevant for SARS today. Don't collect more than you should. Don't benefit from the, at, the benefit of, you know, at, the, at the expense of others. But it's true for us as well. We need to be living out the values of the kingdom. The soldiers were probably soldiers from Herod's own troops because the Romans wouldn't have come to John the Baptist. Verse 14. Some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money. Don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. Now, they were not told to abandon their careers, but they must avoid misusing their position as was evidently commonplace. They must not use a complaint of low wages to exploit and to um, abuse other people, to rob others. That would be a good word for our police force today. Um, that we're not to use our positions to exploit other people. So repentance means turning away from sin and living out the values of the kingdom of God. Now, how many of you have been baptized? Have you been baptized? Have you all been baptized? I hope so. Because baptism is a sign of the kingdom. Whether you baptize as a child or an adult, it's a sign of the kingdom. What does it mean when you go under the water? What does it mean when you are baptized under the water? You're dying to the old life. That's what it means. And you're coming up out of the water. What does that mean? Rising to the new life, receiving the resurrection life of Jesus, but rising to the new life of what? The new life of the kingdom of God. Rising to the new life where we are called to live out the values of the kingdom of God, of righteousness and of justice and of peace and of holiness. Not just religious goody-goodies, but people who live out the values of the kingdom, which are available to other people in society. So dying to the old life, rising to the new life. So drawing this together, the Messiah is coming. John the Baptist was not just a moral reformer. He was announcing that the time had come for a great new exodus. John was the herald of the Messiah, and the Messiah was the true king of the Jews. Herod Antipas at the time was claiming to be king of the Jews. And the way that he was doing that was by rebuilding the temple, because he knew that Solomon, who'd been king of the Jews, had built the temple. So Herod thought that if he rebuilt the temple, he would be acknowledged as the king of the Jews. But he was a sham. And John had courageously denounced him by denouncing his marriage to his brother-in-law. He'd stolen it, sorry, he'd stolen his brother's wife. And, and John the Baptist had denounced him. And as a result, Herod, of course, was angry, very angry. 
so angry that at the end of this reading he put John in prison. But John was saying that he's not the true Messiah. The true Messiah, the true king, is the king of righteousness and of justice and of peace. And John declared that when he came, he would bring devastating judgment. Listen to these words, verse 16. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the songs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor, to gather up the wheat into the barn. He will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. You see, Jewish expectation was that the Messiah would bring God's justice to the world, a world where evil would be overcome. And when we believe in Jesus, he comes to live in our lives through the Holy Spirit, to fill our lives with the love and goodness and grace of God, but he also comes with fire. He comes to burn up the rubbish and everything that spoils our lives and corrupts our lives. So living for the values of the kingdom means allowing Jesus to cleanse us. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips to make us whole people, holy people, people who are like Jesus, people who want to live out the values of the kingdom, of sharing and loving and giving and standing up with courage for justice and peace. And that process continues as we follow Jesus on the way throughout our lives. So welcoming Jesus the Messiah means welcoming him as the Lord of all. And of course he was warning the Jewish people that judgment was coming, and we know that came in 70 AD when Jerusalem was, was overrun. And the temple was, was destroyed. God's kingdom challenges the kingdoms of this world. Now, you know, it seems to me that we're at a crossroads in our Western society because we've abandoned our Judeo-Christian roots and we are rudderless. And one of the examples of this is the current confusion in Brexit in the UK. And Jonathan Sachs would say, the key in all of this is that we have abandoned what he calls the politics of covenant, where we no longer care for the common good. We're all just caring about our own personal needs and our own egos. And that's, that's clear in the British Parliament. No one's caring about the common good. Everyone's fighting for what they want and their own positions of power. And I think it's true in the life of the President of the United States, someone who's just concerned with his own ego. Um, and he's not concerned with the common good or the good of the world. And that's what's happening in Western society. We are losing our way. And what we need is the kingdom of God that has come in Jesus and will come one day in all its fullness when he is revealed in all his glory. So Jesus is the Messiah who's come into the world. In him we see the King of kings and Lord of all. We see what it means to be truly human. We're looking forward to the day when he will come in all his glory, when the world will be put right, when the dead will be raised, 
when there will be no more poverty and evil and greed, when all creation will be renewed and the kingdom will come in all of its fullness. And in the meanwhile, we're called to live out the values of the kingdom of God. So Advent is about preparing for his coming, the celebration of his coming at Christmas, and of course the time when he will come in all his glory um, at the end of time. And as Isaiah says, the earth will be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Amen. Thank you, Mike. If you've got a Bible in front of you, just keep Luke chapter 3 open. Particularly, maybe let's focus on verses 7 to 11, uh, 11 to 14. Mike has issued us with the challenge to repent, to turn away from our own way of living and towards the values of the kingdom of God as we prepare to welcome Jesus. Maybe using verses 11 to 14 as a guide. Think of, think before God of one thing for yourself to turn away from. One thing to take up to do. And one issue to advocate for on behalf of others. These three things as part of our preparation for Jesus, Jesus' return and our living kingdom values. One thing to turn away from, one thing to take up and do, one issue to advocate for on behalf of others. In a few moments of quiet, consider that before God. Father, thank you that you want us to be people who express your kingdom in our lives, in our deeds, in our words. I pray that you'd give us, through the power of your spirit, the power to turn away from that which displeases you, to take up the things you want us to take up, and to speak on behalf of others. Help us to be faithful disciples of you as we await your return. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.